On the surface level, the wedding of Cana's story seems to be telling us or does tell us about Jesus using his divine, miraculous powers to save a young couple from social embarrassment. But at the end of our text, or toward the end of our text, John says, this is the first of Jesus' signs. And it manifested or unveiled or revealed his glory. This is an epiphany. And then it says his disciples placed their faith in him. According to John, this was not just a miracle. It was not just a trick, pulling a rabbit out of a hat. It was a sign, an indication. It pointed like signs do to something of meaning and significance. Now, this passage is filled with symbolism. It is a rich text. It happened on the third day, the way Jesus addresses his mother and refers to his hour, the fact that there were six stone water jars, and many other things that have perhaps symbolic meaning. But I want to zero in on the wedding and the wine. Weddings and marriage, I think, are key to understanding the message of the Bible as a whole. The Bible begins in Genesis with a wedding, Adam and Eve in the garden. And it ends in the book of Revelation with a wedding, the celestial marriage banquet of the Lamb. There's a whole book of the Bible devoted to marital love, the Song of Songs, or sometimes called the Song of Solomon, which is usually interpreted as an expression of love between God and his people. In the Old Testament, Israel is the bride. In the New, the bride is the church. Now, St. Paul tells us that he gives us a key here. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians that the relationship between a man and a woman in marriage reveals something about the relationship between Christ and the church. Whenever I do weddings, I like to meet with the couple a number of times to go over the meaning of Christian marriage and uh, the Christian faith. I often point out that in this world, there are basically two kinds of people. There are givers and there are takers. In a marriage between two takers, things may be exciting at first, but you're going to get, they're both going to get exhausted and it's going to collapse. If you have one giver and one taker, things may appear to be fine for a little while longer, but as one person constantly lays down his or her life for the other and the other person constantly takes, the giver will soon become depleted and burn to a grinding halt. But a marriage between two givers That's a beautiful thing. Each one lays down his or her life for the well-being of the other person. It is what one theologian calls a comprehensive communion of persons. So what weddings and marriage reveals is that God's very nature is to give himself to his beloved. 
The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? In order to give his life as our ransom upon the cross. He gave his body to be broken and his blood to be shed to pay for the sins of the world. Now in ancient Judaism, as often today, weddings and wine go together. The symbolism of wine is used all over the Bible to describe the new creation, the joy of being with your beloved, the life of the world to come. The image that it invokes is uh, one of festivity and dancing and merry, merriment. Isaiah 25, verses 6 and 8 say, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces. For the Lord has spoken. Did you hear what it said? That in the new creation, in the kingdom come, God will swallow up death forever and wipe away your tears. And this isn't just a future promise. It is for us here and now. And there will be a feast. So it's mid-semester. Some of you are stressed out. Most of you are stressed out. All of, all of you are stressed out. You have many assignments due. You have examinations to prepare for. When you are bearing burdens and the weight of the world might seem to be pressing down upon you, when it seems like there's a tunnel at the end of the light, just remember, the wine is a sign. It is a sign that things will get better. It is a sign of inexhaustible joy. It is a sign of communion and fellowship. It is a sign that God has plans for you. And that days of rejoicing, my friends, are on the horizon. In the name of Jesus, amen.